0: Good morning and welcome in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Please stand as you are able for our processional hymn, Speak, O Lord, Your Servant Listens. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our help is in the name of the Lord. If you, O Lord, kept a record of sins, O Lord, who could stand? Since we are gathered this Lord's day to hear God's word, to call upon Him in prayer and praise, and to receive the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ in the fellowship of this altar, let us first consider our unworthiness and confess before God and one another that we have sinned in thought, word, and deed, and that we cannot free ourselves from our sinful condition. Together as his people, let us take refuge in the infinite mercy of God, our Heavenly Father, seeking his grace for the sake of Christ and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. We pray together. Almighty God, have mercy upon us, forgive us our sins, and lead us to everlasting life. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake forgives you all of your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all of your sins, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. to us lord the spirit to think and do always such things as are right that we who cannot do anything that is good without you may be enabled by you to live according to your will through jesus christ your son our lord who lives and reigns with you in the holy spirit one god now and forever amen
1: The Old Testament reading for the eighth Sunday after Trinity is from Jeremiah chapter 23. Thus says the Lord of hosts, do not listen to the words of the prophets who prophesy to you, filling you with vain hopes. They speak visions of their own minds, not from the mouth of the Lord. They say continually to those who despise the word of the Lord, it shall be well with you. And to everyone who stubbornly follows his own heart, they say, no disaster shall come upon you. For who among them has stood in the counsel of the Lord to see and hear his word? Or who has paid attention to his word and listened? Behold the storm of the Lord. Wrath has gone forth, a whirling tempest. It will burst upon the head of the wicked. The anger of the Lord will not turn back until he has executed and accomplished the intents of his heart. In the latter days, you will understand it clearly. I did not send the prophets, yet they ran. I did not speak to them, yet they prophesied. But if they had stood in my counsel, then they would have proclaimed my words to my people. and they would have turned them from their evil way and from the evil of their deeds. I am a God at hand, declares the Lord, and not a God far off. Can a man hide himself in secret places so that I cannot see him, declares the Lord? Do I not fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord? I have heard what the prophets have said, who prophesy lies in my name, saying, I have dreamed, I have dreamed. How long shall there be lies in the heart of the prophets who prophesy lies and who prophesy the deceit of their own heart? And think who think to make my people forget my name by their dreams, that they tell one another, even as their fathers forgot my name for Baal. Let the prophet who has a dream tell the dream, but let him who has my word speak my word faithfully. What has straw in common with wheat, declares the Lord, is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks rock in pieces. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. The epistle is from Romans chapter 8. So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if, the, but if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoptions as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him, in order that we may also be glorified with him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God.
2: Hallelujah.
0: according to st. Matthew the seventh chapter Glory. glory to you O Lord Jesus said beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing but inwardly are ravenous wolves you will recognize them by their fruits are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles so every healthy tree bears good fruit but the diseased tree bears bad fruit A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. And on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name, and do many mighty works in your name? And then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. This is the gospel of our Lord.
1: Praise to you, O Christ.
0: We confess our faith, the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, The text for today is from our Gospel, Matthew chapter 7. Jesus said, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So, every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. In the name of Jesus... As I've shared with you before, my early years of childhood began in Perry County, Missouri, on 250 acres of forest, trees, trees everywhere. It was an old tree farm where they literally grew oak, birch, walnut, even Christmas trees, and harvested them for various wood products. If you remember back in the olden days and you would drive down Interstate 44 or take Old Route 66 and you were to come through parts of Missouri, you would see a sign for walnut bowls. And if you have a walnut bowl in your home, a lot of the wood, the walnut itself for all those various works of craftsmanship came from our very farm where I grew up. We had a challenge, though, living out in the boonies, 30 miles outside of Perryville, Missouri. We only had well water, and the water was pretty good. Electricity could be spotty at times. We didn't have central heat and air, as most of our homes do today. Down in this small basement, we had a wood-burning furnace. A big old furnace, and as a kid, I remember looking at it. It looked like an angry old man with a big face when it was aglow. The door, the light, and the heat would just emanate from around it, and when you would stoke the fire early in the morning and turn the blower on, you couldn't even stand on any of the vents in the house because it would literally burn your feet. I remember on cold days wearing a nightgown and just kind of sitting over the top of the grate and letting the heat just kind of rush up and fill you with warmth, especially during the winter. But having a wood-burning furnace meant that you had to have wood to put in it. And so a lot of the time that was spent, usually from the spring through the fall, was literally cutting down trees, chopping it, stacking it, so that you had wood for heat. But which trees? Woods everywhere. All sorts of different types, as I just shared with you. Which trees should be cut down? My dad, to be fair, did not really grow up in such an environment, so he had to call an expert, someone who knew which trees would be good for burning and which wouldn't, and not only that, if a tree is healthy and doing well, why would you want to cut that down? The experts, as it were, was the U.S. Forest Service. And so they would come out once or twice a year and they would literally walk our land and they would identify which trees were either in the process of dying, getting old, ready to come down, or the trees especially that had some sort of disease. This was important to maintaining a a vital forest and to continue to have wood for generations yet to come. And they would literally walk through the forest and using their expertise and knowledge would tie a little ribbon around the tree, or spray paint could be used, and still is today. And so when we would drive out into the woods or walk out there with Dad and his big lumberjack chainsaw, we'd look for the trees that were marked. And it was only those trees that would be cut down and used for our furnace. Jesus speaks today in our gospel of cutting down trees, he says the diseased trees the trees that are bad must be cut down. Why? Because the disease can affect all the others. Which means that you need someone to help you recognize which trees are good and which trees are bad. In our day and age everybody to be fair is an expert. We all have our favorite pundits that we follow, our favorite politicians, our favorite talk show hosts, our favorite newscasts and newspapers, and so on and so forth, and we tend to make our decisions and decide what truth is based on either who we follow or, to be fair and let's be honest, how we feel about a certain situation. There is something known as anthropocentrism. Anthropocentrism is the belief that that when we look at things in this life, we do it from our own sight, from our own vision. Anthropocentrism is defined by the free dictionary as this, an inclination to evaluate reality exclusively in terms of human values, not divine, mind you. Not what God as expert or his word has to say, oh no, anthropocentrism, which is alive and well in our culture today, and perhaps even within our church, focuses and starts with me, with you. Conversely, theocentrism is defined as this, the belief that God is the center of all truth in the universe. Which brings us to a wonderful little text that is used at most ordinations and installations. From 2 Timothy chapter 4. Our charge, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts they shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. There's a little word there at the beginning of that text. Before God and the Lord Jesus Christ. That little word, before. In Greek, you get to learn something today. Anopian. Go ahead and say it. You'll sound smart. Anopian. This little word, before, occurs 94 times in the New Testament. Luke and John use it the most. Common translations include before, in the sight of, In the opinion of, among, and on behalf of. And this little word speaks to us of perspective. The majority of its uses center on the sight, opinion, and presence of God. Not you, not me, as anthropocentrism, as the old Adam, the devil, and the world would teach us. It is his church. His means of grace, His all-atoning sacrifice, even his, His gift of faith. These are objective and absolute truths conveyed by Scripture. And yet, is it not amazing what a slight change in perspective can do? A slight change in perspective, well, can be quite subtle but grossly damaging. So how do we look at all the information that is coming to us? How do we evaluate our facts and opinions? How do we make decisions even about future career paths? About decisions of where to live, where to work, who to marry, what should I do today? Do you make these decisions inside of God? Do you consult Him in His Word to help lead and guide you? Or do you trust in how you feel. Or believe that, well, I've got it all figured out. I'll just do what seems right to me. When we do this, we become very subjective. We become anthropocentric. And above all else, we become dependent upon ourselves and focus just on little old me. Which is why Jesus teaches us what he does in the text for today. Tells us to warn to be aware, and even to flee false prophets. For those who would teach things that are contrary to God's holy word, what things would they be? You could start with the Ten Commandments. It's why Luther included it right at the very beginning of his catechism. It's why we as pastors ask all of our members to learn that by heart, and why you as parents should teach it to your kids. First and foremost, you shall have no other gods. What does this mean? We should fear, love, and trust in God above all things. And yet how often we fail, fearing, loving, and trusting in ourselves, in someone or something else other than God. And you can run the gamut on all the other social issues that are around us these days. You want to talk about authority? Go to the fourth commandment. Does the Lord give authority to parents? Does he give authority to the government and the rulers over you? Yes. Has your governor said that you should wear a mask in public? Yes, he has. And you should obey him. Has the governor also given us churches a little bit of an exemption? He has. He said even in religious services, you don't have to wear it. So for those of you that might be judging others here today that are not wearing that, make sure you know the law and know it well. But above all, fear, love, and trust in God above all things. Jesus says in John 15, verse 16, You did not choose me, but I chose you. You see, our life as Christians, hidden with Christ, is all about what he has done for us and will continue to do. Paul talks about this further in his letter to the Corinthians. You are not your own. It's not your body. It's not your choice. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. One of my favorite books, written by C.S. Lewis, entitled The Screwtape Letters. If you haven't read it before, dust it back off. It's excellent. Screwtape is the uncle of Wormwood. Both of them are demons, not believers. They are false prophets. They are demons who serve the Father, which is Satan himself. And Screwtape continues to give instructions to Wormwood, two paragraphs for you. Screwtape says, we produce this sense of ownership not only by pride but by confusion. We must teach them Not to notice the different senses of the possessive pronoun, the finely graded differences that run from my boots through my dog, my servant, my wife, my father, my master, my country, all the way to my God. They can be taught to reduce all these senses to that of my boots, the my of ownership. Even in the nursery, a child can be taught to mean by my teddy bear, not the old imagined recipient of affection to whom it stands in a special relation, for that is what the enemy will teach them to mean if we are not careful, but the bear I can pull to pieces if I like. And at the other end of the scale, we have taught men to say, my God, in a sense not really different from my boots meaning the god on whom i have a claim for my distinguished services and whom i exploit from the pulpit the god i have done a corner in and all that time screw tape continues the joke is that the word mine in its fully possessive sense cannot be uttered by a human being about anything in the long run either our father which here is the devil or the enemy which here is the one true god will say mine of each thing that exists, and specially of each man, they will find out in the end, never fear, to whom their time, their souls, and their bodies really belong, certainly not to them, whatever happens. At present, the enemy says mine of everything on the pedantic, legalistic ground that he made it. Our father, the devil, hopes in the end to say mine of all things on the more realistic and dynamic ground of conquest. Every healthy tree bears good fruit, Jesus says, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. What is good fruit? What is bad fruit? Scripture teaches us quite clearly. And asks that we would examine our lives in sight of, before God, and of all of these things. Thus, you and I have been rescued from old screw tape. And wormwood. We've been called to live in th- this world, but, but not of it. We've been called to have a different view of things than, than what you might hear on the TV and your smartphones and devices. We've been called to evaluate truth of all those that may claim it, first and foremost, according to what God has said. And above all else, we've been grafted. We have been connected to the one good tree. He alone, Jesus Christ, who is the tree of life. Who comes to feed you from his tree, from his holy cross, of his precious body and blood and simple bread and wine. He who has clothed you with his righteousness. He who never wavered in the truth. When Pontius Pilate asks him about truth, he fails to recognize the truth that stands before him. And so as you, my dear brothers and sisters in Christ, might have doubts, might have fears, might have worries, might question what is true, what is not, I would encourage you and direct you simply back to the Word of God. To let him speak. To believe and trust all that he has given you. Questions on authority? Go to the first command, fourth commandment. Questions on life, such as abortion or end-of-life issues, go to the fifth commandment. Questions on sexuality, you want to get into all the hot topic, hot button issues, go to the sixth commandment. God has clearly spoken on these things, and as Christians, we must not, we cannot, back down from all that God has spoken. I must decrease, a Christian says, and he Must increase. Christ your Lord has come for you. Bearing the sin and conquering the devil, the world, and your sinful nature. Upon that ugly, wretched tree on a hill called Golgotha. He has done that, that you would be grafted to him. That you may have a rock, a foundation, roots that run deep, even unto eternity. He has done this for you. And he has come as well to continue to mark those diseased trees, to cut them down, to help you through the church, through even your pastors, to mark and avoid those things which are harmful for you, that in turn, you may have life, you may have heat, you may have warmth. I have come to bring life, he says, life for you. Abundantly, God grant us such a worldview, not from and in ourselves, but from him and his holy word, in the name of Jesus. Amen.
1: Please rise for the prayer of the church. Let us pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. For all baptized believers that they would think on the steadfast love of God and praise him for the salvation they have through Jesus Christ, which they receive via his holy word and sacraments. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord Lord, have have mercy. mercy for faithfulness to God's holy word among the pastors called to preach and teach it, that false doctrine would be recognized and rebuked and pure doctrine would be taught and received for the edification of all who hear. Let us pray to the Lord.
3: Lord, Lord, have have
1: mercy. mercy. For an increase in faithful church workers that the good news of Christ's perfect life, sacrificial death, victorious resurrection, and glorious ascension would be proclaimed in all parts of the world. Let us pray to the Lord.
3: Lord, have mercy.
1: For the Holy Spirit to turn the hearts of all false prophets and pretend believers that they would be led to repentance and faith. Let us pray to the Lord.
3: Lord, have mercy.
1: For all life, from the womb to the grave, that it would be cherished and protected. Especially this day we give thanks for the births of Bennett to Jacob and Ali and to Layla to Jake and Emily and we ask your continued care for Maria, Laura, and all expectant mothers. Let us pray to the Lord.
3: Lord, have mercy.
1: For humility among the faithful, that they would interact with the world as sinners who have been redeemed by Christ the crucified, not out of pride or arrogance. Let us pray to the Lord.
3: Lord, have mercy.
1: For those who have been placed in authority over us, that they would steer clear of self-promotion and focus on the common welfare of all. Let us pray to the Lord.
3: Lord, have mercy.
1: For the sick and suffering and for all who desire our prayers, especially Steve, Dick, Hayden, Becky, Teresa, and Pat, Paul, William, Lauren, and Kurt, Bill, Ed, Carol, Mary Ellen, Joni, and Joshua. And for Shirley, Hayden, Jerry, and Bob, and also for our shut-ins, Olga, Lorraine, Anne, and Doris. May they all receive healing and comfort and be strengthened to endure according to God's gracious will. Let us pray to the Lord.
3: Lord, have mercy.
1: For those who receive the Holy Supper of Christ's true body and blood this day, that they would receive the forgiveness of all their sins and be filled with his life and peace. Let us pray to the Lord.
3: Lord, have mercy.
1: For the faithful have gone before us and now rest in Jesus, let us give thanks to the Lord that, they, that we would, by God's grace, remain steadfast in the faith until we are brought to join them in the feast that never ends. Let us pray to the Lord.
3: Lord, have mercy.
1: Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
0: The Lord be with you lift up your hearts let us give thanks to the Lord our God it is truly good right and salutary that we should at all times and all places give thanks to you O Lord Holy Father and Almighty and everlasting God for the countless blessings you so freely bestow on us and all creation above all we give thanks for your boundless love shown to us when you sent your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, into our flesh and laid on him our sin, giving him into death that we might not die eternally, because he is now risen from the dead and lives and reigns to all eternity. All who believe in him will overcome sin and death and will rise again to new life. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, are you, O Lord, our God, King of all creation. For you have had mercy on us and given your only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. In your righteous judgment you condemned the sin of Adam and Eve, who ate the forbidden fruit, and you justly barred them and all their children from the tree of life. Yet in your great mercy you promised salvation by a second Adam, your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and made his cross a life-giving tree for all who trust in him. We give you thanks for the redemption you have prepared for us through Jesus Christ. Grant us your Holy Spirit, that we may faithfully eat and drink of the fruits of his cross and receive the blessings of forgiveness, life and salvation that come to us in his body and blood. Hear us as we pray in his name and as he has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it be with you always. And now may the body and blood of your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen and preserve you steadfast until life everlasting. Depart in peace and with great joy, your sins are forgiven.
1: Let us pray. We give thanks to almighty God that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift and we implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you.